Everybody, it's the Ron and Don Show. Ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 400 400. of the Ron and Don Show. We are live from the Les Schwab Studios. He is Ron, I am Don, and we want to say... What's up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, don't forget, we want to thank Les Schwab for sponsoring all 400 shows. It's summer driving season upon us. If you need tires, LesSchwab.com. Also... Mitch.loans this year, uh, really making a connection to everybody in the Ron and Don Nation. Ron, he's been closing a lot of deals for he us. He has, and if you are looking for a refi or maybe you want to talk about arms or the interest rate or you're buying something, Mitch.loans, he will set you up. He's, in, he's helping a client right now with the 1031 exchange, so give him a call or just check him out at Mitch.loans. Yeah, also I want to thank those guys, Ron and Don. Uh, what, Love those guys. What troubadours, uh, what broadcasters, what friends, what, uh, what realtors. They're practically trained divers. Yeah, and what up, podcasters? Uh, and we want to thank them for uh, sponsoring today's show. You can reach out, Ron at Windermere.com, Ron and Sitdown.com if you'd like to get on the real estate journey. Yeah, before we get out of here, we'll tell you what uh, 400 shows mean to us. Before we do that, though, let's do this. Woodland Park, which is up by the Woodland Park Zoo, kind of in the Finney Ridge area, uh, up near Green Lake, you guys. They've had tents and derelict RVs up there for years. It has also brought a lot of crime to the neighborhood. And that neighborhood has experienced a lot of crime because of what's happening now on uh, Highway 99 up in that area. During the pandemic, and I had a Seattle police officer explain this to me the other day. I said, hey, I was driving down Highway 99. There is so, There are so many prostitutes out there. And I said, these prostitutes aren't the same prostitutes that have always walked up highway. I used to live up on 82nd. And you would see pro- these prostitutes are very different. They have on nine-inch heels, and they look like they're from L.A. Well, guess what? It's because they are from L.A. During the pandemic, uh, when uh, escorts, call girls, prostitutes were having a hard time making a living in big cities where people had disappeared, uh, they kind of moved around the country. And some of them got such great business, they haven't gone back. It's because of the tech boom here in Seattle that keeps these prostitutes very busy. Also, the fact that King County, member came down and they, they closed down Backpage. And as a result of that, Backpage, where all these prostitutes would say, hey, I'm in this hotel room. This is the room. Come on by. Because that got shut down, it drove a lot of these women. It drove them back to the streets. So you have a lot of prostitution along with prostitution, all the crime that comes with that. And then you had homelessness. You had the addiction issue. You had opioids. You had heroin, you had fentanyl, uh, people that are truly homeless, domestic violence. And then we can add on just all the people that have moved here because we are free adult and we were wonderful to people. It's really true. The, the mayor finally went in and said, you know what? We can't house everyone. We've tried to house everyone. We're going to go ahead and clean out uh, Woodland Park anyway. And Ron, as I drove by Green Lake the other day, it's not all cleaned out, uh, but a lot of the derelict RVs and tents are gone. Does that mean that they're gone? I don't think so, but I, I and I, it's a great setup you just gave. I do want to take one second and and give credit where credit is due with Bruce Harrell. We were hard on him as we should be, I think, in the lead up to the uh, election. 
the campaigning and all that stuff. There were definitely holes in the strategy. And we were suspicious that anything substantive would happen. I have seen genuine changes with my own two eyes in terms of this. He said he was going to clean up some homelessness. He is making an effort to do that. So I want to give him credit for that. I know there's politics involved. I know that like when the president of the United States came for a visit, that things happen. I get all that, but that's, that's how the sausage gets made. So like we have to go along with that in a certain way. I'll give a couple of examples. The Woodland Park thing that you just mentioned at the bottom of your hill, they put in giant cement blocks where there used to be half a dozen RVs and people living in the side of the road. Those RVs are gone. I don't know where they went, but those RVs are gone. Um, we ta- I talked before about the stuff in downtown by the ID. used to be a huge encampment. I- I've physically walked by there. That one's gone. Woodland Park, I'm going to do a drive-by. It was horrific. I, I every once in a while I meet our old friend Rachel Bell, and we will walk around Green Lake oh, nice. and just catch up with each other. Oh, nice. And every time I'm down there, it's like, can I even leave my car here for the time it takes to walk around the lake? Because there are just people strung out and tents everywhere. Mm. And so the fact that this is happening, that's a good sign. It is progress. And I think that the homeless industrial complex is going to bitch and moan and say, oh, and they also cleaned out the park, Denny Park, down on uh, Denny and Westlake, uh, Denny and, and uh, Dexter, that was always full. So I've seen, I've seen things happen. Um, where they're going, I don't know. Um, I've seen some of the toothpaste theory that you have that it just got squirted into a different part of the city. I have seen that. But if they stay at this, I think putting pressure uh, towards the people that that are supposed to be taking care of this. In other words, there are organizations that receive a lot of money. Last time we talked about this on the on the terrestrial radio, I think we were third in spending in the entire United States. I don't know the stat for 2022, but we have been historically top five in America, regardless of population size for spending on this. There's a lot of organizations with their handout that have a healthy budget. And I think if Bruce Harrell is saying, do your job, we're paying you money to be part of the solution. And that doesn't mean you just put up a banner when we're trying to clear out an encampment. It means to help these people transition into a more stable life. Yeah, those are all, all great points. And I and I understand that Bruce Harrell listens to his podcast and has great respect for us. And we appreciate that. And we have great respect for the mayor as well. Uh, and I have been hard on the mayor, and not in a personal way, because personal, I think he's fantastic. But as a mayor... Uh, he has a lot of hard work to do here. When I was in New York City, and I touch on this a little bit, and New York certainly has its problems, a couple things I noticed that they do that we should do here that I think will be helpful is, number one, they have signs everywhere uh, that just say you got to keep moving, whether it's down in the subway. In fact, someone that's part of the Rondon Nation, we'll call him Tony. He's a conductor on one of the new uh, trains that we have here, the light rail. And he sent me a video and he was walking from car to car to car to car. And in every single car, there were people just whacked out, uh, sleeping, uh, feces, just they were just a mess, just making a mess of the train. Nobody wanted to sit by them. And you know how that is when you travel. uh, If you travel around the world and and you get on rail and you're in there with somebody that hadn't taken a shower in a while uh, and they've been sitting in that car all day, it's a little rough. So in New York, they have signs up, you have to keep moving. They also have a lot of uniformed officers that are out on the streets, so you see their presence. 
You also have people out and they have these really colorful jackets and outfits that are there to help the homeless and they're there to help them find services, but they do it on New York's terms and not that person's terms. So for instance, if you don't want to go somewhere and get help because you have an addiction issue and you don't want to become clean and sober, then in New York, they don't feel like they need to help you and and you're kind of on your own and just keep moving. We have to adopt that here in Seattle. There's a lot of people here that have got used to living in the woods in our neighborhoods in tents. Uh, some of them live on million-dollar properties. They live in these RVs, and they've gotten away with it. They've enjoyed this freedom. They've enjoyed the fact that they do get to do whatever the F they want to do and that they can walk up the hills, break into our houses or businesses. Uh, Ken from Ken's Market just died. I love him and, and, and my love to the family. He was 93 years young. I, I go to all those markets, and I go to a Ken's Market at least once a day. Uh, the one up in Greenwood, uh, Market Time that's in Fremont, and also the one that's here on Queen Anne. All three stores have been broken into multiple times. One of the stores I told you about had been broken into with a forklift. They smashed the ATM in the middle of the night, and I think they got 100 bucks out of the deal, so they can't have an ATM in anymore. Uh, I was in a different Ken's yesterday, the one in Fremont, and they'd smashed in there and, and done the exact same thing. So here's a microcosm of a local business, a guy named Ken that started these neighborhood grocery stores. And now they're having a hard time just keep going and keep it afloat because people walk in there, steal all their liquor, steal all their wine. And if you have glass anywhere in your building, it's it's not safe here in Seattle. So this is what you're going to have to do if you're a business because this is what they do in New York City. You have to hire your own private security. You just do. And it's going to be reflective in the price of your gross. I couldn't believe when I went to a Walgreens. And what it cost uh, to get some shaving cream and a razor, it was so expensive. And I thought the prices here in Seattle were expensive. But that's because they have to deal with the fact that those stores, still things are taken a lot. But also the fact that they have to have two and three security guards in those stores. And then everything's covered. The people that they pay to work there, they have to come over and unlock everything. Everything is locked down to those stores when you go down in Times Square. So I think for small businesses here, you can expect, because we have a police force now of about 512 active officers out on the streets. We have 3.7 million people that live in the Seattle metro area. That's not going to get it done. So a lot of small businesses, you're going to have to go out and you're going to have to hire security. And some of that security is going to have to be there 24-7. We're the 12th largest city in America. We're not getting any smaller. We're going to get bigger. We're going to have more of these problems like New York has. And we're either going to end up looking more like you know New York or San Francisco that has been run over by the homeless population. And they're fighting like hell, but they can't get it back. Yeah, so I'm going to say on balance compared to the Durkin era, this is progress. It is. And, yep. and we're still we're still in the hole. We are. But we're moving closer to the Mendoza line. Yeah. And so I think I'm going to take that as positive news. Yeah. And if you want to know where those RVs are that were bottom of that hill, they're parked on the other side of the street. We will see you on the other side of this. Hey, you guys, can you believe it? It's almost summertime in the great specific Northwest. And you know what that means. You're going to be driving this summer. So you know what that means? You have to stop by a Les Schwab Tire Center to make sure your tire tread is thick enough. Also, you got to make sure you have enough air, enough PSI in those tires. Also, are the tires balanced? Because if your rig is pulling to the right or left, that can cost you two to three 
to five to 10 miles per gallon. How about that? And with gas so expensive, you got to make sure you're road trip ready at Les Schwab. And this is really cool. Right now, you could do this. Schedule an appointment at LesSchwab.com. Not only going to check your tires, but they're also also going to offer a savings up to $150 on a set of four select tires with Les Schwab financing. How about that? Learn more at LesSchwab.com slash sale. That's LesSchwab.com slash sale. That's Les Schwab. We're doing the right thing. has mattered since 1952. To say Andrea Mickelson's life is crazy is an understatement. And when it was time to sell her Sammamish home, she admits she was just overwhelmed. There was no way that I could even begin to try to figure out what needed to be done. Andrea had heard all about how Ron and Don do far more for their clients than other realtors, so she gave the guys a call. They immediately jumped in, advising her what she should consider doing, where to spend her money, and where not to bother to get the highest asking price possible. It was absolute relief. I felt that they could take on all the stuff that I needed to have done. The guys took over, leading a small army of experts who dramatically transformed her home inside and out. But Andrea admits, even though the market's smoking hot, she worried a bit about how she'd do. Now, she didn't have to wait long after it went live. So the first offer was 200000 over the, the asking price. And the offers kept coming. Andrea was blown away when they finally settled on a selling price. They got $450,000 over the asking price. It was amazing. Suffice it to say, Andrea is thrilled, and she hasn't stopped recommending Ron and Don to her friends and family since. I'm Andrea Mickelson, and thanks to Ron and Don, I got way more for my door. Thanks for listening to The Ron and Don Show. Please hit subscribe. All right, you guys. Welcome back to The Ron and Don Show. I don't know if you've ever fantasized about this. I do fantasize since 9-11, and, it, 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 and it's not a positive fantasy. But every time I get on a plane, I do look around and I say, who's the crazy passenger? Who's going to have too much to drink? And then who are going to be my brothers and sisters in arms? And what are we going to do to have to tackle them and take them down? Do you do that when you get on a plane? No. Is this part of your uh, your strategy to fly long distances? No, I always think about that because because there, there have been over 5,000 attacks during COVID in right. the air. That's a lot of attacks. And, and, and then if you talk to someone that's on a flight crew, we think that pilots have guns. Some do. Most of them don't. And, and then... There is still a way to get in the cockpit, and I'm not going to say how or why. I'm 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 not going to put that information out there, but there 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 would still be a way to get in the cockpit, and still you would still have a way to take a take, I mean, I, to, uh, a, a plane down. I try to be aware. I don't go through the whole machinations. Yeah. Like you so anyway, said. I do I do that, but I but I have never thought about and and I in 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 when when I was at the 9/11 memorial, I I. I thought about Todd and I thought about that plane that crashed in the Pennsylvania field. I wonder if those guys ever got in the cockpit and if they did, would they have the ability to fly that plane and land that plane? And I would say absolutely not. But then we read this story of a guy and granted this was not a 747. It was a Cessna 
But nonetheless, he had never flown a plane before, Ron, until he had to fly a plane. Yeah, this story takes us down to Florida where there's a man who's taking a Cessna flight, uh, and it's just him and the pilot. So he's in the, the, like the co-pilot seat, and they're flying around, and then he notices that the pilot becomes non-responsive. He, uh, they, he doesn't know if he died or if he fainted or whatever. The pilot's out. And so this passenger gets on, puts the headset on, and he starts talking to the tower, and he's like, hey, my pilot is out. Right. What do I do? Mm. And so, and it's funny because when you hear the the flight tower, they still do the, like, uh, Tango Alpha 369. He's like, yeah, I don't speak the Tango Alpha stuff. <laughs> like, I'm just a guy. Right. And so they're like. I am not Tom Cruise. <laughs> right. This they're, is not Maverick. They're like, do you know how to fly the plane? He's like, no. Do you know how to land this plane? No. He's like, I'm just a passenger. And so he stayed very calm. And so back at the tower, there is a, a flight controller who also is an instructor for small aircraft, but he was on break. So the people back at the tower are like, where? Let's call him Bill. Where's Bill? It's like, dude, Bill's on his break. Get him in there, stat! And so Bill comes back in. Guy's just flying. He's, he's got control of the plane, and he's just kind of steering around. Like, he doesn't know what to do. So Bill gets back, and he tells his buddy, he's like, he's like what kind of plane is this? They give him the model number. He's like, go print out. Go online. Find me a copy of the instrument panel and print it on the standard printer and bring it back. So he's on the radio. They're locating him in space using the, you know, the, the flight tracking stuff. And he's got a paper printout of, of the instrument cluster. And so he's like, okay, what direction are you going? I don't know. It's like, all right, um, we're going to try to find you an airport. And so he's like, turn on the nav system. What's the nav system? Like this, <laughs> it was incredible. So, anyways, they finally get. And he's like, "Okay, just start heading in a direction, uh, and don't turn, and I'll be able to find you." Uh, so they find him on the radar. He like navigates him to a, a large airport. He's like, "I want to give him the biggest possible runway, the biggest thing to aim at, where there's multiple runways." And so th- they start bringing him in off the coast of of uh, Florida. And the guy successfully lands the plane. It, it, he kind of bounces it a little bit well, coming as he in. Should. As he should. <laughs> but they had called off a commercial, I think it was a 747. It's a United flight. Yeah. And that pilot sees this little plane bounce on, like that'd be at SeaTac. You see a Cessna yeah. bounce onto the runway. And he's like, what's up with this dude? And he's like, guy's never flown a plane before. The tower tells him. Yeah. And yeah. the, in the, uh, he goes, never landed a plane, not a pilot. It's a passenger And the, the pilot of the big plane's like, Holy cow. That was good. Great landing. Where'd it go guys? Uh, so they land the plane. He, could, he couldn't believe it. The, he could that, not believe that, that he landed could the plane. not believe that that guy could land the plane. And, uh, and so the guy that landed the plane and the flight tower person ended up, meeting each other and they took a picture with each other and like thanked each other. Yeah. And he's like that. He goes, that's a 10 out of 10. He goes, the fact that you've never flown, he goes, usually you're in class for what was it? A hundred hours before you would do a solo landing. He's like, that was incredible. Then they sort of medevac the guy out. The pilot is still unresponsive. Like he's just slumped over in the main seat. So they had to get him out of the aircraft. There, there hasn't been an update on if he's, still alive or not, but uh, they're taking care of him. 
It, just an, if you need like a smile on your face, go find the story. Listen to the audio from the tower and from that other pilot of the United flight. It, it's it's incredible what this guy did. Yeah, well, you know, he stayed it, calm. Well, you know, what's interesting about that. If, if it was in another city somewhere, like if that was happening in New York, would they have instructed him to jump out of the plane over the Hudson or were they have instructed him to take the plane out to water or would they have brought out uh because they can scramble a jet and they can certainly do that down in florida to escort him out to water uh for that for for that for that pilot to basically who's the air traffic controller for him to get on the radio and to coax him in like that i i wonder if he would have been allowed to do that in in some other cities around america or if he would would have been forced to crash land and die, uh, I think in some cities he would have. It just it made, gave me a flashback on on how remarkable this is. When when I just did my recent trip to Costa Rica, we were taking off to fly into the jungle. On and it wasn't a Cessna, but it wasn't much bigger than a Cessna. And we look over, there's a DHL, you know, competitor to FedEx plane that a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago, tried to land there, hit some water, skidded off, went into the ditch. The entire back of the plane ripped off, and they're leaving it on the side of the runway because they don't know how to move it. It's like in – it's sort of – they dragged it over close to the DHL hangar. The ba- the tail of the aircraft is sitting wow. off to the side, and it's just part- – that's a seasoned pilot that couldn't keep a yeah. plane on the runway and the tail ripped off of like a 777 or a 747. I forget which model it was. And um, this guy lands. It's a much smaller plane, easier to land. I get all that. He'd never flown a plane before. Wow. It's incredible. Yeah. I wonder, uh, I'm missing a couple packages. I wonder if somebody wants to check the tail of that plane for me. So anyway, uh, hey, you guys, don't go anywhere. See you in 60. Hey, you guys, we want to thank everybody in the Ron and Don Nation that has been switching to Mitch and Mitch.loans. Mitch, I got to ask you, here comes 2022. A lot of people are thinking money's going to be way too expensive. I'm not even going to be able to afford a home. What are you hearing about money, finances, stock market, interest rates as we start looking at 2022? What does it look like? That's a great question. And everyone's saying rates will rise. But when we we have to keep in mind that rates rising is totally a perspective thing, right? Because rates have been, yes, two and a half, three percent recently. But when we were young <laughs> or when our parents bought houses, rates were 12, 15 percent. So still Compared to that, rates are good, and we see rates going up, but rates will stay manageable, and money's still cheap, guys. All right, he's Mitch Weeks. He's the official mortgage guy of the Ron and Don Nation. Go to Mitch.loans right now. Tell him you're with Ron and Don, and you save half a percent on your new loan. Mitch.loans, NMLS, 169-1573. All right, you guys. Hey, 400 episodes, and just wanted to reflect for a moment with with lots of uh, gratitude. When Ron and I decided to do this podcast, we thought, you know what we'll do? Because we didn't want Kyle Radio to tell the end of our story. Uh, we want to tell the end of it. So we said, you know what we're going to do? And, and if you want to know what happened to Kyra, that's episode one. It's the most listened to episode. Tens of thousands of people listen to it. So you can listen to that episode and find out what happened. 
So here we are, 400 episodes later. Um, I'll give you some thoughts on that in a minute. Ron, what are, what are your kind of thoughts as you're thinking about, hey, we're going to do five and end it, and, and, and here we are. We built the business, and, and we're 400 episodes in now. Um, I have such a clear recollection of you and I having a conversation that went something like uh, this, where we said, hey, maybe that's the, the end of the run. And we have nothing to be ashamed of because when we, after we got let go, a couple weeks later, the ratings came out and we were number two, I believe, if memory serves me right, top pillar in the, in the building, uh, number two in the, in the market, like great ratings. Uh, and so it was like, Hey, we went out on top. Um, maybe that's like John Elway winning Super Bowl number two and just like retiring, uh, the next week. Maybe we just hang it up and say, that was a cool radio career. We, we, we had a dream as very young men. We didn't know how audacious it was. Uh, and we ended up accomplishing our dream and, and maybe we just put an exclamation part mark on this and we move on to a new chapter in our lives. And then, like you said, we said, well, the way this is being spun and there was an investigative reporter for the times that started digging in, trying to find out if there was some sort of nefarious reason why we were let go. And there wasn't, you can read those stories in the Seattle times. Um, we said, we, we want to control or not control. We would like to get our, our version of this out to the public. And so that's what we did. And now to have it go 400 shows, um, I think going on 1.4 million uh, times it's been listened to, which is incredible to me. And to transform this into a, a, a different business, I just told you off air a little while ago. I, I don't know of another example of of a partnership like we have in the real estate space that just came straight in, didn't join any other teams. Uh, didn't become uh, a mentee of someone seasoned in the business, just built a business from scratch uh, to this volume in three years. So a lot of that is due in part uh, to the loyalty of people that are listening to this right now. So from my heart to you, uh, you know, I'm, I'm appreciative of that. I don't take it for granted. And thank you for trusting us back in the day with information. And now with, with really big life decisions, um, I'm glad we're able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. We just want to thank you. And and it's been really cool meeting you. Uh, we sat in a studio for years, like the studio we sit in right now. And, and to be honest with you, uh, when, when we went to radio that had some of the other hosts that we had and, and there was such hardcore political talk, we did not realize the death threats that would come our way. That would come the way of the other hosts. Uh, if you drive by Cairo Radio now, you've seen that they've chopped down all the trees because they're afraid of a sniper being in the tree and taking out one of the hosts. They have a security system there now, which I won't go into because I don't think it's uh, fair to uh, the other hosts and people that work there because I want them to be alive for a long time. But things have changed. You drive by Q13 after that guy waited for some reporters and David Rose in their cars and was out there with uh, a baseball bat. You drive by there now to try to get in that building is very difficult. Th things changed. And because of that, we didn't get to meet any of you anymore. And so sometimes you're sitting there and you're just wondering if you're just talking to yourselves and the radio comes out and says, no, we're talking to lots of people after you look at the ratings, but you, you just never know. And the people you always hear from most of the time are people that are complaining or mad or angry at you. 
the people that love you, you, you never get to hear from. So it's been really great getting to know all of you uh, through some real estate transactions and sometimes just meeting you in a corner store when I'm walking through Fred Meyer and you see myself and my son and you say something kind and nice. And we're, we're just very appreciative of that. And we have been able to build a business, a broadcast business, which this podcast is very, very well. And our thanks to Les Schwab for being with us in particular for the last 12 years. And they followed us over from Cairo Radio. We have other advertisers that would follow us. We just don't want a lot of advertisers on this podcast because we don't want it to sound like a radio show where you have to sit through seven podcasts uh, or seven podcast sponsors. So we just have a couple. Uh, and we don't want any more because we make our money uh, going out and doing cool things with you and buying and selling homes. Uh, I've been able to start my Airbnb business and, and we've rehabbed a lot of homes uh, along the way. And we were able to take our broadcast money and invest in real estate. So, so financially, we're in a good spot. And we've made some sacrifices to get there for sure. But anyway, I, I just I appreciate your kindness. I love meeting you. It is very funny when we do a sit down and you can tell that people so sometimes people and, and I don't get it, but sometimes people look at us as stars and they can't believe that they're talking to us and I can see it and it's very cute. But then over time, we just become a friend and I'm just Don to them. I'm not the radio guy or I'm not Ron and I'm just, I'm just Don. And, and it's a pretty beautiful thing uh, when these relationships start and then they continue after these real estate transactions. And a lot of you guys have become friends for life. And so thank you for that. Thank you for supporting us. It's a referral business. Even if you don't have a real estate transaction, a lot of you guys will tell people about us. We still have to go win that business because maybe we'll get the appointment, but not, not, not the actual deal. And we'll have to go up against some other great realtors to get it. But you've allowed that. You've supported this podcast uh, in amazing ways, in amazing ways. And, and, and in the early days, I have to say, uh, your love for us, because we did hear from many of you, tens of thousands of you, your love carried us, carried us, especially through that first year that was so hard. And I lived in the basement of this house and rented out the rest because I didn't know what the future was going to bring. Uh, and I am now out of that basement and I am sitting in an old bedroom that I used to rent out. And this bedroom is now the studio uh, for the Ron and Don show, which is just ripping and doing well. So anyway, thank you for carrying us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for allowing us to be your broadcasters, your podcasters, your friends, and your real estate agents. You are listening to episode 400, which blows my mind. Blows my mind. And you're listening to The Ron and Don Show. Head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time. Only on The Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back. And keep blowing that trumpet. And we'll see you next time. Only. 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 On The Ron and Don Radio Network.